Welcome to the Conference of Consulting Actuaries Leadership Development Podcast. This podcast is designed to provide actuaries with leadership skill development through thoughtful and engaging interviews from leaders within the profession. Tune in to gain new insights that will help you as you look to develop or refine your leadership skills and become a more successful professional. Hi, everyone. Michael Clark, the host of the CCA's Leadership Development Podcast. I'm joined today by my guest, Dave Dillon, who is the Senior Vice President and Principal at Lewis & Ellis. Uh, check out our first uh, segment of uh, of this interview where we talk a lot about Dave's career, and he's got a lot of great advice on um, writing and speaking and, and taking those risks um, as a technical professional. But for this uh, segment, Dave, I want to focus on volunteering. You've you've done a lot of volunteering over your career, especially over the last, um, I, I'd say over the last decade, especially. Um, you've been volunteering with the SOA and the Academy. How did you get your start volunteering? Yeah. So, you know, in the in the first segment we did, I, I, I talked about uh, a couple of things where it was kind of a mix of selfish and selfless reasons. And I'll be honest, the volunteering was a little bit like that as well. So as a consultant, and I was, um, you know, asked to help build a practice, help go get clients. You know, I was a, let's say an ASA uh, with some experience. I call people up and I, I say, hey, you want, you want to hire me to do some work? And they're like, who the heck are you? <laughs> you know, why, why, should I, why should I hire you? Have you done anything? Do you have any experience? Um, so I do think I, I started um, volunteering initially to help, um, I'll call it a credibility factor a little mm -hmm. bit, right? To, so when, when I called on people, called on prospects, and they're like, well, what do you know about this? I'm like, well, actually, I wrote an article about this for the Society of Actuaries Health Section, or I spoke at a conference. And so, so it was a little bit of a resume builder. Uh, to be honest. But once I got into it, I was like, man, I love doing this. <laughs> I mentioned in the first segment, you know, my mother was a teacher, my dad, who was an insurance agent, but it, towards the end of his career, um, he actually became like the trainer or the educator of the insurance agents for his company. So I definitely have kind of that teaching background and DNA and I love doing it. I, and, and so it just kind of started feeding on itself. Um, so most of my volunteering initially, the first five to you know eight years or so, was primarily around kind of content and, you know, writing articles for the health section and, and or presenting that kind of thing. But then once I kind of did that, I was kind of trying to think, what, what is the next step? How can I also help the actuarial profession? As I mentioned in our previous discussion, you know, I have been passionate about being an actuary since I was 13 years old. And, you know, that may be rare, but I, I was like, I want to, I did, you know, start getting that. I want to give back. I've, it's been such a dang great career for me. I want to make sure it's a great career uh, for others and help the profession. So, you know, I then kind of shifted and um, ran for the uh, society's health section council. And I served a term on the health section council and then after, and, and I loved it. You're right. And, and it, um, it was kind of, you know, help steering the continuing ed and making sure, you know, the health actuaries had what they need. 
And then after that, I was like, okay, what's the next step? I really enjoyed giving back. And then that's when I ran for uh, the SOA board. And um, on my, uh, once I got on the board, I was like, man, it was just great. And, and I did, I did feel, I loved having the opportunity to, you know, express, you know, my experiences and, you know, again, just to help the profession at that point. No, that's uh, that's a lot of things that resonate there with me as well. I mean, I coming from a, a smaller firm myself, part of my rationale for volunteering was to gain some of that exposure, both personally and for the company's sake, um, build some of that credibility. Absolutely. And then uh, I, similar to you, like once you start getting into it, you realize just how much fun it is. Oh, it's great. Uh, and, uh, and, and not only that, and I think part of the reason it's fun is the different people that you get to interact with different they come from different practice areas or different companies within the same practice area uh, but people with different perspectives absolutely and i think that's been one of the best takeaways for for me you know being at a smaller company while, while i i have loved working with everyone i've worked with it's been a small subset of people right mm -hmm. and and uh so when you join the board you're on the health section council you do get those different perspectives and the different views of, you know, maybe as something as simple as a certain rule change, but it could be something more broad in terms of how do we modify the exam structure? You know, that kind of stuff. It could be big picture or small picture. It's really good to get those, um, get those different opinions. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what have you learned from your experience volunteering and how has it influenced your work back at Lewis and Ellis in your day job? So I would say one of the, the biggest takeaways I've had from, from that, and, and, and maybe this is more from the board perspective, when you're a little bit more, it is, I would say listening. So as a consultant, you know, being trained as a consultant over the last 25 years, you tend to be the talker, right? Mm -hmm. You tend to be the salesman. You tend to try to explain how you're going to solve someone's problems or things like that. And I really learned to kind of step back and listen maybe a little bit more and not just have the foot on the gas, you know, the, the, every minute of the day, sit back, listen, get those different opinions as, as we've talked about, and then learn to figure out when it is better to turn that talk switch, you know, back on. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I 100% agree there. I mean, there's, I, I'm a huge proponent of volunteering just for the sheer uh, skill set that you're going to gain that you won't get anywhere else. And that those different perspectives, not even just the technical perspectives, but like you mentioned, just in how we interact and interrelate with people and how that can actually improve our skills as a consultant, as a coworker, make us more technically proficient for sure. Uh, but, but, enhance our skill set in a way that we probably can't get if we're if we just confine ourselves to our our company and absolutely. being insular that way absolutely so dave you mentioned you were on the soa board uh and i had mentioned in our introduction in the uh, first uh, segment of of our interview that you recently ran for the president-elect of the society of actuaries but you came up short um, and for a lot of people, I, I've got to imagine there's there's got to be disappointment there. You obviously were were in it and excited about it, but talk to us a bit about your experience in running and and how you've dealt with that disappointment of not not winning. 
Yeah, sure. So, you know, as I rolled off the board a couple of years ago and kind of as I was just implying, um, I was trying to think of what's next. Right. And, and I thought that based on my experiences and, you know, based on, you know, my communication and interaction on, on LinkedIn and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people that I know, I felt like running for president elect was the next step for me. And um, obviously, anytime you put that much effort into something, it is disappointing to get the results when they're negative. Um, but what I've learned from that is a couple things. One is I know the society is in great hands. Um, Amanda Hug, who won, she's I consider her a good friend of mine. And, you know, she's a very dedicated um, actuarial volunteer. And I, I think that is is one of the things, you know, I've learned over the years is, you know, the actuarial organizations are primarily volunteer driven mm -hmm. organizations, right? And so when you get people to run for the board and run for president elect, you and, and and especially through the society of actuaries where there is a vetting process and there is an approved slate uh, of candidates, you know you are getting um, you know good candidates. And so that so that that does help. Um, you know, I still, it, you know, it is not a case where I'm not going to volunteer anymore or anything like that. I actually, you know, I did take a few days off to, to, to regroup. Um, but you know, this week I've been emailing the society saying, okay, you know what, I've got some free time now. What do you need me to do now? Um, you know, and, and maybe I'll run again, you know, I'll, I've got a few months to de decide there, but I do think, Kind of circling back as I kind of process this, is circling back to the comment I made earlier, is I do think actuaries are set up pretty well for failure because I failed a lot of exams. And I'm like, you know what? Would I ideally have loved to pass every exam? Well, sure. I, I don't want that heartache. But I had it. I processed it. I um, pulled myself up, studied harder the next time and decided to move forward. And that, that's kind of how I am with this process as well. What, what do you think we get out of learning how to deal with those failures? Why is that so, Why is that an important thing to have to experience, whether it's exams or in this case, the, uh, the election, or maybe it's losing a client? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the way, I, I think it's so important. And I think what happens is we kind of compartmentalize different parts of our lives, but we should be able to, you know, the personal life, the professional life, mm -hmm. but we can learn from one, like the professional side to help with personal, you know, I think I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for others. I, I know I would much prefer for things to work out the way I want them to work out versus how they actually like the <laughs> world works them out. Right. Mm -hmm. And every day we have an example of the world producing a result probably different than the way you wanted it to happen, right? That as simple as a red light happening when you're the next car, right? Mm -hmm. You prefer not to, uh, you'd prefer to have the green light, but the world's told you no. And, and I think just on that bigger scale is we all, I mean, every second of a day is we have to adjust for it's not going to work out the way we want it. And, and so I just think that disappointments are just a, a, a part of it. Yes, it it can be it it can be tough, but like you mentioned, the losing the client. While it's still not ideal to lose a client for whatever reason, but you do you do learn to process it so much more healthily, right? You you don't 
you know, you don't go uh, lie on the couch and curl up in a ball and, and cry about it, you know, like maybe you did when you were a young actuary and you were so concerned um, that the, your career was now over. You know that, you know what, that client probably had a lot of good choices as, of people to pick for the job. They made a um, an assessment. You move on. And you know what, I've had... I had one client, this was probably 10 years ago, and they moved on for me. It was not a great experience. It was a, that client was a very big percentage of my block of business. And I, I really had to regroup after that. Um, and so, you know, I regroup, started getting more and more clients, focusing on that. And about five years later, I got that initial client back. You know, you keep working, you get it back. And they're a client to this day. And so it's the, the way I, I always try to think about it is failure is not permanent until the very end, right? So you can you can always do something along the way. It, it's while the, I will admit it's still a work in progress, right? Some failures hit you a little harder than others. But I really try to strive to think just to remember that, you know, it's not a permanent situation. No, I think that's that's great advice. And I think the other part of that too, um, that, that I'd add on to what you said, uh, it gives us those opportunities to reflect and, and say, okay, well, that didn't work out this time. What can I learn from that? And how can I apply it to the next situation? Again, whether it's in a, in a client situation, in a volunteer situation, in a personal relationship or managing somebody, any of those things that, uh, um, that, that we can learn from. Yeah. And one of the recommendations I, I would make is to make sure to take the time to reflect, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in the failure or the disappointment and we just keep living our lives, you know, and, and you keep, keep kind of stewing on it. I will readily admit. So last week, um, you know, so after the elect, the election results were, let's say, three to four weeks ago, then we had the SOA annual meeting, which I spoke at and I had to, you know, take some time there. As soon as that that meeting was over, I went to Colorado and hiked for three days by myself. You know, I took that time to reflect on what had happened and where I wanted to go from there. I think that is so important is you need to do whatever you do to kind of, you know, get in your happy place, so to speak, and think reflectively and positively. And again, thinking, you know, it's not permanent and you move ahead. Yeah, no, that's uh, great advice for sure. And, uh, and again, I'll, I'll circle this back to volunteering, which is how we started this segment. Um, that I think is maybe one of the best advantages of volunteering is that it gives you a, a I, I always call it a playground to play on where you can mess up and the consequences are really inconsequential. Agree. Uh, yep. you, you're, you're very small chance you're going to lose your job unless you do something horrible, Correct. Um, but it gives you a chance to try new things and fail and learn and and grow and develop in ways that again i don't think you can get in many other places and that's true whether it's we're talking an actuarial organization or you know i, I got involved with uh, my alumni association chapter for a number of years I'm, I'm heavily involved in my church which is clearly volunteer um but those type of experiences give us those opportunities to to learn develop fail in ways that hopefully are fairly safe yeah, I, I agree. 
it, it, it is a, that they can't be maybe easy failures without the, the you know, uh, without the, the big consequence. I agree. It's a great place to, to, to try things out like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, well, Dave, thanks uh, for this segment and talking about volunteering and, and, and we, I, I think we can call this uh, segment volunteering and de- dealing with disappointment, which uh, don't right. seemingly go together, but anybody that listens will, will definitely get it. So yeah, well, our, our next you. segment, our next segment, I want to uh, touch on leadership here. I uh, encourage people to tune into that um, on our, uh, our next segment. For more insights from the Conference of Consulting Actuaries, including webinars, meetings, and community discussions and events, check out our website at www.ccactuaries.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Are you enjoying this content? Consider participating in CCA's leadership development community to continue the discussion and share insights from this podcast. You don't have to be a CCA member to join. Just reach out to CCA staff to get started.